Hello and welcome to Future Thinking with Stylus. I'm your host, Christian Ward, Head of Media and Marketing at Stylus. And today we're talking about the wealth in waste. As natural resources are running out, the commercial potential of waste as a readily available alternative is being unlocked by innovative designers. And I'm pleased to say we have uh, one here today to discuss this subject. Designer Eliza Walter, founder of sustainable jewellery business Lilies, which she founded in 2017 at the age of 24. And I'm also joined by Siobhan Imms, contributing editor at Stylus and specialist in colour and materials with a particular focus on sustainability. So, Eliza, first of all, tell us about Lilies and the processes that you use to turn salvaged metals into jewellery. Well, can I begin by saying thank you very much for having me on? Um, Yes, of course. So I like to think of it as almost like a butterfly. You start with quite an ugly thing, um, the electronic waste, a caterpillar, and you turn it into this beautiful sort of butterfly, an amazing piece of jewellery. So perhaps it sounds like a dystopian nightmare, but um, the next gold rush will definitely be in the landfill sites dotted around the world. And that is because each mobile phone, computer and SIM card has... um, gold, silver and platinum in it and that's because it's inert and it's conductive. Um, So I think the UN published a report at the World Economic Forum in Davos this year but it said that humanity is expected to produce 120 million tonnes of e-waste by 2050. So that's up from 50 million tonnes this year and that's going to create a real problem for for humanity. So um, at present one-fifth of appliances and devices are being recycled with the bulk of often toxic items ending up in landfill sites and incineration. Um, okay, so there's this amazing statistic which I um, I learned a couple of years ago, and that is that if you were to mine one tonne of Earth's ore, you'd get a yield of around or under 30 grams of gold. And if you were to mine one tonne of electronic waste, you'd get over 300 grams of gold, comparable gold. Um so, in other words, 40, around 41 mobile phones make one gram of gold. Um, that's sort of, I think that statistic is based on an iPhone 5. Um, and to put that into sort of non-jewelry terms, a gent's wedding band would be about two grams of gold. So you're looking at about 82, 82 phones per, per gent's wedding band. Mm-hmm. Um, so... In terms of how how e- e-mining is is done, there's sort of there's a formal setting and an informal setting. And with a formal setting, um, there's a well-established recycling plant specifically designed for recycling electronics. Um, there's proper ventilation and protection for workers labouring within the plants. Um, and such facilities recycle between twelve and thirty-four percent of electronic waste generated in developed countries. You then have informal recycling, and this tends to involve uh, independent workers or small groups of workers and families, child labourers. They're earning subsistence incomes, and they're often working in hazardous... In fact, they are always working in hazardous um, or with hazardous materials. So they're cutting, they're doing acid baths themselves, um, they're heating and smelting, and they're burning the materials, so producing a lot of CO2. Um, and without the use of any personal protection 
equipment or controlled um, environments. And there's an amazing uh, docufilm which was published a couple of years ago about this and it's called Welcome to Sodden and it's based on one such place in um, Ghana. So it's well worth a watch. to, to find out a bit more about that. Um, so who's who, who for, for the people who are um, working in these conditions, in these bad conditions, who who are they working for? Who where is that mined uh, gold going to? If it's not going to, oh, well, that 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 gold will probably be being sold back into the general bullion um, right. trade. And once it's mixed in with newly mined metals um, or some recycled metal as well. You know, there's absolutely no sort of um, there's no way of tracing tracing that. So, so how do you ensure that your materials don't come from that? Well, it's 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 through just working with um, one refiner. So so there's various different techniques within the 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 formal setting that can be used. Um, I know about three. which I could run into a bit more detail on. Okay. Um, so the first one is called um, pyrometology, um, and this is the most common and particularly used to extract silver. Um, everything is sort of roasted um, in these controlled conditions, smelted and burnt, and that includes plastic. So you are producing CO2, but but um, it is controlled. It is sort of unavoidable. Um, but it's in, conducted on an industrial scale, and that's the most common um, the common type. The next type, which is what we use, is, and I'm never very good at saying this, but hydrometallurgy. Um, and that's the greener option. And basically, the metal is shredded. Uh, sorry, all the electronics are shredded, so you get them into these sort of little square pieces. Um, and then they are they go through these different acidic-based solutions um, and the metal is stripped off the circuit boards that way. So once you've finished with them, you get these. Um, they're quite beautiful, actually. If you imagine a green circuit board and all those sort of holes which are filled with metal are all gone. So they could kind of create a work of art in their own right. Um, that's another project. That's another side project. <laughs> um, this can be done... Um, at a local level as well, and perhaps that's the future for the sort of the more um, uh, informal environments. Um, but the third option, which I think is the future of electronic waste, and it's certainly what I think um, is being invested in quite quite heavily at the moment, is biometallurgy, which is essentially um, it's it's using funguses to extract the metal. Um, I don't really it's so sort of technical I don't completely understand it but I do understand that it's sort of the next frontier of um, of mining electronics Mm. Um, so you'd have gold mined by a plant perhaps yeah that sounds like the kind of system that we should be quite excited about moving towards. And in fact, it's just reminded me that at Dutch Design Week, there was a, an exhibition called Geodesign, All That Is Solid Melts Into Trash, which really taps into this um, movement where we're having to think, rethink um, material ecosystems and think about waste differently. Um, and it's starting to happen with brands like yours, like Lily's. Um, but... There is a huge opportunity as well for big brands to really think about the waste that they're producing. And I think that it will become um, quite a demand from consumers. Um, And we're sort of seeing the start of it with people buying into um, better jewellery, sustainable jewellery, 
such as such as yours um and that's luxury that's kind of for the luxury market at the moment which is often a great test bed for these ideas um as well that can kind of then permeate um a larger audience but i sort of wonder about your thoughts about how this will be um a, a kind of process that might be scaled up and um so more people will be able to have products that include maybe their old iphone um maybe their old you know e-waste mm. from their homes mm. i mean i think to be that specific with recycling for someone's individual item perhaps is is quite a challenge mm-hmm. because of the industrial sort of scales you'd need to do it on um to make it cost effective but um but it's it's a wonderful thought and certainly with with the public sort of interest and appetite for uh, really considering what they're consuming now i i well i i really hope that's that's sort of that is that is possible in the future yeah and you have um like brands such as dell um who collaborated with a jewelry designer to read, yeah. yes yeah to use their waste mm-hmm. and create um jewelry from from old Dell products um, and it's a it's a kind of thought-provoking project it's not something that they are doing across the broad across the board with all of their products but as you see these ideas start to gain traction so maybe going forward um, we could see big brands using these ideas that are testing out on smaller scales and rolling them out to um, to more mass-produced products, um, not particularly an individual's product, but perhaps um, their own waste, being more responsible for the waste that they're creating and taking responsibility um, for that and its environmental um, impact. I'm interested, uh, Eliza, in the jewellery you create is is fine luxury jewellery, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, now... Is there is the, the 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 recycling element of it part of that appeal, luxury appeal, or is that something which detracts that you have to fight against to to make your product seem more luxurious? That's a really good question, and certainly when we were launching, it was something I really struggled with. I was like, is this the message of the jury, and then does the jury design come second, or is the jury design the primary focus and its ethical and sustainable credentials sort of secondary. And the decision I finally came to was that ultimately a coveted product product has to come first and that all of the sort of the the background infrastructure that goes around that has to be secondary. And I think actually in a few years that's just going to be an expectation of a customer. I don't think it will even it will even be sort of questioned. I think we're just having to go through that process at the moment as um all the different brands and manufacturers really have to really sort of consider where they're sourcing their materials from and, and what they're doing. Because um, Siobhan, I would argue that um, right now, being highly, highly sustainable and eco-conscious as a brand is something of a aspirational luxury value that consumers are looking for. Yes. Yeah, I'd agree. In fact, I do. I wonder about the kind of price point of um, this recycled gold or recycled precious metal, salvaged. They call it salvaged um, metal, don't they? 
that's actually what, what my brand has ah, called it. Ah, okay. There is no such term at the moment. And funny enough, I was actually having a conversation two weeks ago with a journalist about this. There's so many different names. Every, every brand is giving themselves a different, or giving their product a different name. So, for instance, with um, diamonds, you could have, you know, second-use customer diamonds, antique diamonds, recycled diamonds. There's so many different names. It's really difficult for customers to kind of navigate their way through that and realise that that's actually all the same thing. Mm. Um, so Salvage Gold is just a name that um, I sort of decided to use when we launched the business. Yes, yeah, because there wasn't sufficient labelling out there. to yeah. Just to sort of steer customers. And that's different from Recycled Gold, which is... Um, exclusively sort of made with scrap gold so um old jewelry that's just been refined i see i see so salvaged relates to specifically e-waste uh, e-waste and also dental waste we include dental waste e-waste um, and any scrap that's because we offer through the brand we offer a scrapping exchange program so a customer if they have any gold in their or silver in their jewelry box that they're not using they can send it in and then they're given a credit note of the value of the precious metal and that also goes back into our bully, our sort of business bullion so right. there's that in there as well this I mean, this obviously this sounds amazing and makes perfect sense in the world that we live in where resources are running out um so you know, my my obvious question is why isn't everyone doing this and how how can this become a sustainable alternative Will we see brands and, and businesses moving away from sourcing their, their gold, for example, from the traditional methods? Is, is it sustainable for them to move completely over to this, this salvaged e-waste? Absolutely, 100%. I think the challenge is just going to be um, keeping um, recycled, salvaged gold um, away from the rest of the bullion because it's a lot easier for a lot of uh, refining companies just to sell it straight back into the bullion. And then it mixes, as we were saying earlier, together with sort of gold that's come from very dubious sources. And then it's, it's um, I think that's going to be the, the biggest challenge. But, but we know, I think we're pretty close to it now. And will that rely on, do you think, the likes of Apple getting more involved in this process? Um, I don't know. I, I mean... When you have a mobile phone, even if it is broken, there is an interest in you have a financial incentive to sell it to a sort of a, a, a scrapping company or uh, one that's going to take it apart and reuse the pieces. So um, I think Apple's obligation is to make the phones manufacturing them in such a way that they can be taken apart easily because that's one of the challenges of the Apple products. So Apple have uh, launched this program, a robot called Daisy, who dis disassembles um, iPhones to reclaim precious metals, specifically for that reason. Um, and it's difficult to know what's happening to these metals afterwards, where they go, um, whether they go into new Apple products or not. Um, but it's certainly quite a kind of impressive step towards making products that are designed to be disassembled, made to be unmade. Um, and I feel like we're going to see more and more of this um, in the future. It's really where things need to go, especially for brands who produce um, tech goods and they need to kind of take responsibility for those goods. Yeah, I mean, I think I feel like this this is something of a revelation for me, having not heard that much about this, and I wonder why I've not heard that much about it. I think there's there's clearly a marketing 
um, bottleneck here somewhere that we need to talk about this more. Um, I believe that there's something happening at the Olympic Games that's quite interesting from this perspective in terms of perhaps it'll help to get this message out a bit more. Could yes. you tell me about that? Yeah, so the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, um, mm. they have sourced all of their metals for their medals um, from, they've, they've crowdsourced it from the Japanese um, public who have donated old smartphones to um, various drop-off locations around Japan and they, they are making their, they've made their um, medals completely from um, recycled phones, mm. um, which is quite phenomenal. It's a, and it's also, I think, the value beyond the fact that they're, they're kind of sending out a good message um, for the Tokyo Olympics brand, I think there's a really beautiful story behind the product. And, and I think in, in Brazil, um, they were also using some recycled um, metals, but in Tokyo, they've taken it one step further for 2020 and it's completely recycled. And yeah, there's a good material story to tell there, apart from anything else. Definitely, but it's also it's raising public awareness. Exactly as you've just said, you are completely sort of unaware of the possibilities of electronic waste and it's firmly placed it in the global stage. People are talking about these um, gold medals being made from, from salvaged metals. Um, so, so it's fantastic. So uh, for, for our listeners who are inspired by this and perhaps maybe not um, going to be working with e-waste for, for particularly, but uh, what would you say to them about getting started on making more responsible products and what other materials are, are you guys excited about in this respect? Well, I was actually going to... I was interested also in um, Eliza's use of recycled stones, gems. We offer recycled antique diamonds and man-made diamonds and gemstones and then also cultured pearls which I don't know if the public are that aware of but they are an incredibly sustainable choice um, for fine jewellery What's they, a cultured pearl? So um, a cultured <coughs> pearl has been um, grown and a marine cultured pearl has, it has been grown in um, a diverse ecosystem a, a coral reef um, but sort of sectioned off space part of it um, but to to grow oysters, to grow pearls, you must have a pristine um, ecological environment. Um, so it's it's a sort of it's a great way of encouraging um, a thi- thriving marine ecosystem. Um, so so that's that's one great choice. Recycled diamonds um, are um, unset from uh, fine jewelry that's no longer used or is no longer in in fashion or vogue um and the we then um i have this amazing um uh, chap who sources them all for us and um, we then reset and design a collections around the shapes um which has he's sort of been able to source so mm. that that first started that that i was sourcing um recycled diamonds for engagement rings but being able to use them on a larger scale first started when a customer came in with this old cigarette box sort of from the 1920s and it was the most beautiful design but of course no one smokes now so it was completely pavé set with um, 1.6 mil uh, brilliant cut diamonds and so the second collection which we launched um, which is all designed around coral and coral reefs mm-hmm. um, 
was just using these stones, which had been unset from from um, from the cigarette box, and and so that sort of it, it's grown from there. Um, and the design of the um, jewellery that's it's designed around the form of coral rather than the material itself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, didn't make that clear. Yeah. No, I just um, thought it's important to make that clear because um, it's it also brings in another interesting idea I think about um, how aesthetics interact with um, the material and we sort of touched on it earlier but I was wondering how important you um, think the design of the product is or does it need to express that it that the product is sustainable or made from salvaged metal Mm. and how do you do that? Well very good question I mean the the coral designs were just um, I'd had the amazing privilege to go scuba diving and um, experience this coral bleaching firsthand. Mm. Um, and so that was the sort of, that was the touchstone for doing that. That was in Mozambique. Um, but but yes, you're, you're quite right. It's, it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. And so the aesthetic doesn't, from from what you're saying, you're kind of, you're, you're designing the product, but it doesn't need to express necessarily um, a sustainable credential um well we do express sustainable credential in the um in the fact that we have a hallmark so um hallmarking is a tradition that's happened in england or britain since the 1300s and it's great for customers because you are assured of the the carrot of the metal it's also fantastic for um for trade because you know you 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 are providing some sort of uh, validation of what you're saying um and when you see a hallmark it's a line of little dots it's different marks indicating different things so you have the purity of the metal the maker where it's been hallmarked um they introduced an additional hallmark for fair trade gold and silver um i don't know exactly when um but before launching we were able to um, work with the assay office and create a salvaged hallmark um, so that is in this, in a sense it is validating that it's um, it is sustainable yeah. um, but it's quite you know hallmarks are quite small it's not it's not the the design of the jewelry necessarily first and foremost but it's it's there on it indicating yeah. that and so um, what we're kind of realizing is that sustainable products don't need to look any different to anything else there's um the designer's role is just to use better or the the brand's role is to use better materials um to give consumers the option of buying um better materials but without changing the design at all because it's kind of it can take any form this this recycling of waste um, I think is moving on from a very obvious aesthetic mm. and really calling it out. I think it doesn't. It's that idea is sort of receding a little bit more now, and um, you know, as as we were touching on earlier, it's it's becoming less necessary to make that obvious in the design. Definitely. I mean, you look at Patagonia, you look at Eileen Fisher. You look at Allbirds, they're all products that you really would never be able to set aside. You know, a, a, an Allbirds shoe is is completely comparable to a Nike design. Mm. And actually, I think, you know, Nike, Nike is an interesting brand because they do do a lot. Um, uh, 
to to create sustainable materials kind of from the material up. Um, they're using recycled materials, but they actually just don't promote it or talk about it, really. Mm. They just see it as a responsibility. Um, and that's where all the brands should... That's where I think um, sustainable sustainability should be mm. in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. And actually, at the moment, particularly with um, metal waste, um, there's a statistic from the UN report from 2019... Um, that says that less than 20% of e-waste is officially recycled. And you mentioned that there are um, practices, informal practices, yeah. Um, But there is a huge opportunity here to really take control of our waste um, and extract what is useful and what we need for future products and, and future generations. Well, I guess my final thought is just that we are in the midst of this climate emergency and there are potentially permanent ramifications rapidly approaching. So we must do something about it. Well, hopefully um, the world won't have ended by the time I get out of my phone contract and I can uh, send it for (laughs) salvage and and you can turn it into a a beautiful piece of jewellery. Really fascinating stuff. I'd like to thank my guests, Eliza Water and Siobhan Imms. And thank you for listening. I hope you'll join us next time for more Future Thinking from Stylus. You've been listening to Future Thinking from Stylus, the show where our analysts, alongside industry thought leaders, unpack the big trends you need to know about. Find out more about what the future holds for your business at stylus.com. If you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe to Future Thinking in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to hear new episodes as soon as they're available. 